Hey everybody, it's your local psychologist here, Psych Chrissy. Welcome to the Well AF podcast where all of your health and wellness is delivered in a no BS manner. Before you wreck yourself, yeah. Hey everybody, it is me. It's Psych Chrissy in the flesh. Back for her life, crush her life. <laughs> Manage things all, all, all about Infinity Wellness. So I'm back here tonight and hopefully I can keep it up for the next few weeks. But um, how is everybody? If you're watching Site Chrissy Live, give me a wave. Um, even though it doesn't seem like my comments as usual are not coming up, which is really annoying. I might just bring you guys up on my laptop just so I can see whether Site Chrissy uh, is being asked any questions. Uh, let's bring this up. I think the last time I went live, I went live on the Infinity Skin and Body page. I'm like, what the heck is going on? Far too many pages, guys. <laughs> oh, all right, let's see what's happening here. Of course, Facebook is crapping itself. Um, I can see some guys starting to roll up now. So hopefully, um, if you're making comments, there we go. I can see a comment. It's working. Hey, Amy. Thanks for joining me live tonight. I'm talking about uh, sleep, guys. I'm going to do a two-part series on sleep. You can never talk about sleep enough, can you? It's one of those things that regardless of how old we are, what we're doing in life, at some stage or another, we encounter problems with sleep. So firstly, tonight, I'm going to really focus on some of the causes of that. You know, and then next week I'm going to talk to you about some of the things that you can actually do in the event that you are experiencing a whole heap of sleep disturbance. So what causes sleep disturbance? I'm going to get into that. Before I do, you'll see a special link on this post tonight. We are kicking off kids yoga and meditation for term three next week, I think it is. Jeez, those school holidays went very quick to me. Probably not to a lot of mums at home. <laughs> if you've been braiding the school holidays with all your kids in tow, you're probably thinking, "Sight, Chrissy, don't stop fooling yourself. They've, they've gone pretty slow. Um, or you might have got some holidays, so they've probably gone pretty quickly. So um, click the link for all of the details. We are taking the little kidlets in next week for intake um, for all of the uh, the new programs that are rolling out for uh, kids yoga and meditation. So if that sounds like something your little biter might enjoy or need, um, please feel free to click the link there and uh, have check out all the details. So sleep, let's talk about it. Let's talk about uh, what creates sleep disturbance. Um, and let's talk about, I'm going to get into sleep disorders tonight, guys. So um, very, some very weird and wacky disorders out there that you might be interested in, uh, or you might wonder uh, whether that applies to you or not. But we'll see about that. We'll see what the, the, the research was very interesting when I was going through it. I'm like, is that actually a name for a disorder so stay tuned for some of that interesting research that site Chrissy done around sleep disorders but sleep sleep disturbance can be very very common um, and effectively it can be disturbed in a lot of different ways um, but one of the common ways that I probably deal with most in private practice and a lot of you guys out there are probably going to relate to this um, but it's that experience of you go to go to sleep and for whatever reason, all the thoughts start happening. You start 
kind of re-experiencing memories, you start going into the future and worrying about certain things. It's like almost the trigger for mind overdrive happens the minute that you go to get into your bed and go to sleep. And I know with my clients, it's a very, very frustrating occurrence. They're like, psych Chrissy, why is it every time I go to go in bed, my head starts, you know, playing a 24 piece freaking band and I, you know, why doesn't this happen to, to me during the day? You know, so overthinking or in a clinical term, we call it rumination, can often cause lots of problems with sleep. We just can't seem to switch off the thinking patterns. They roll over and over again. And, and very commonly, that can be a real blocker, blocker or a barrier for sleep. Um, because you're overstimulated, you just can't seem to wind down and get yourself in a restful enough state to be able to go off to sleep. So overthinking, guys, it has a lot to answer for. And like I said, this is a two-part episode. So tonight I'm going to talk about the whys. Next week I'm going to talk about what the bloody heck you do about it to try and get yourself off to sleep. But I know, guys, I know overthinking is a common trigger for sleep disturbance. One of the second triggers, and I've actually experienced this one from time to time, believe it or not, is diet. And when I say diet, I mean both food and alcohol can definitely have impacts on our sleep. That's because um, different types of food, whether it be heavy food, you know, if you eat a whole lot of carbohydrates, um, MSG and sodium have been found to impact on our sleep. Um, and then also alcohol as well, is we know that some of the ingredients in those, whether it be food or alcohol, can actually get in and disrupt our sleep-wake cycle. So our REM cycle is, is what is responsible for regulating the sleep patterns. Um, and I won't go too much into the REM cycle, but pretty much in a nutshell, it's about, uh, I suppose, the process that occurs throughout our sleeping that allows us to fall into different levels of sleep. Now, when you ingest something like high levels of sodium, maybe even um, a food that it's quite hard to digest, all of our energy or you know, all of our efforts go into digesting that food and you don't get the amount of, I suppose, uh, energy and effort that we need or, or biological process that we need going into the REM cycle that allows us to go into different levels of sleep because it's being used up in other bodily processes. So um, food and alcohol definitely can be barriers and blocks to getting a restful sleep. Light. Okay, so I've spoken about this before, whether it be blue light from screens and phones, which is artificial light, or just natural light, you know, whether you, um, you know, you have been, I don't know, overexposed to sunlight, um, or you haven't had enough, that can really impact. So for example, in winter, um, natural light is uh is compromised because we experience sort of a shorter day because the the night time is longer so we don't get as not as much light as we normally do and that impacts on our melatonin production which basically melatonin is the hormone that's responsible for regulating the sleep weight cycle so if you get an overstimulation of light so too much screen too much tv too much sort of light beaming into our brains 
as well as some confusion. So, so our days are uh, shorter um, or, you know, for whatever reason, our artificial, sorry, our natural light gets disrupted. Um, so for example, you know, when we go overseas, jet lag, you know, is often um, a, I suppose, a, a difficulty that we have in adjusting to the different cycles of time and also light. I know when I, um, I travelled to London, not only was it the jet lag that I was battling with in summer, they only get like four hours of darkness. So I was waking up because there was light sort of pouring in my window and I'm like, oh, okay, it's daytime. And it was four o'clock in the morning. But because, you know, my body was responding to the light, um, it was having all kinds of problems recognizing when I should have been asleep. So again, you know, if you're somebody that might have light beaming into your room, not enough darkness, that can definitely confuse your melatonin production um, and also impact on your circadian rhythm. Um, so that is the, the I suppose, the regulatory, reg, regulatory regulatory um, process that we rely on that tells us when to be awake and when to be asleep. So light definitely plays a, a role in that. Now let's get into the sleep disorders, guys. So there's all kinds of different sleep disorders and we treat them in lots of different ways. And as I said, next week, we'll really get into the nuts and bolts of how I can even share with you some of the ways that I have successfully treated insomnia um, in my clinic and whether you fall into the, the category of insomnia. The duration of insomnia is important, okay? I look at sort of the two-week sort of indicator, um, but doctors consider insomnia chronic if it occurs at least three nights of the week, okay, so this is a chronic disorder, so this means very serious, three nights of the week for three months or longer. Um, so I probably look at um, some sort of sleep disturbance or sleep disorder going on for any duration longer than two weeks, but a chronic disorder is categorized in that way. So if that's been happening for you for over that period of time, you might classify yourself as having some sort of sleep disorder um, or a type of insomnia at the chronic level if you've got difficulties in that regard. So let's talk about the different types of sleep disorder. So obviously you've got general insomnia. Um, so that is categorized by obviously the duration which you've had your sleep disturbance, but also is uh, classified as the inability to fall asleep or difficulties falling asleep, staying asleep and having restless sleep. So that's kind of the most common form of sleep disturbance that we see. Um, we have adjustment insomnia. Now, this one is mostly related to stress. So if you generally can fall asleep, um, but you have a period of time where um, you're having some adjustment going on, there are higher levels of stress, or there's just something different going on in your life um, that creates sort of a, a inability to fall asleep, an inability to stay asleep or a restful sleep, we call that adjustment insomnia, okay? So it's related to a situational circumstance. Behavioural insomnia of a child, guys, everybody um, that is a parent potentially that has had restless sleepers might have um, encountered this. So, but it's mostly related to routine disruptions. So, you know, if your children follow a particular type of routine and you change that and for whatever reason they can't wind down or there's a pattern of that behaviour, we call that behavioural insomnia for children. And I'm going to get into some other types as well. So um, idiopathic insomnia. Now, this 
can be evident in children, even in infancy. Um, and it's not really explained by some of the common, so idiopathic insomnia, sorry, I must state, goes from infancy and can definitely carry on into adulthood. So these are the people that generally say, I've always just had problems with sleep. Or these are the children or the infants that have been to the sleep schools. They've done, you've done all the strategies. You've, you know, you're kind of at the end of your tether and you're just kind of getting to the point where you're like, well, this seems to be an ongoing issue or I don't really know why. Um, and it's not explained by medical disorders. Um, it's not explained by psychological disorders. It's not explained by any other sleep disorder. But there is, a, I suppose, a science or, or some research to suggest that there are troubles with an overactive wakening system or an underactive sleep system. Because as you know, our sleep-wake cycle is very much regulate, regulated by hormones, melatonin, you know, there's other hormones that contribute to our circadian rhythm, making sure that it has flow. Um, and we often find in idiopathic insomnia that it's these sleep-wake cycles that just don't seem to be sort of doing what they should be doing to trigger off sleep-wake cycles. Um, so, you know, and like I said, I'll get into the strategies or what the treatment recommendations are for that next week. But I suppose that's a, an explanation for people that have always seemed to have had some form of sleep disturbance. Insomnia due to stress or, or substance in ingestion so substances can be a whole range of things like caffeine it can be alcohol it can be food like i mentioned before and it can also be medications and and not just um legal medications but um illegal um medications as well it, as and also illicit substance use can impact on um insomnia Insomnia due to medical reasons. So this is more so related to mental disorder. Um, so we see insomnia arise from different types of medi uh, mental um, difficulties or psychiatric disorders. Um, you know, chronically, we can see people with anxiety disorders encounter a lot of sleep disturbance because, as I said before, you know, one of the common causes of sleep disorders can be overthinking and ruminating. So as we know, anxiety clientele, you know, one of the key features of anxiety is just going and over, over and over things. So definitely mental health disorders, different forms of schizophrenia can create, um, a, a, I suppose, a hyperstimulation where they just can't seem to wind down and go to sleep and they're highly stimulated for long periods of time. Also, substance use disorders that might involve stimulants definitely impact on that. So insomnia due to medical disorder is mostly due to mental health disorder. Um, now, this was an interesting one, and I suppose one that I, I, I must say that I have encountered in private practice and even in my prison work. It's called paradoxical insomnia. You're probably sitting there going, what the heck is Cyclisy talking about? But it's the complaint or the perception of sleep dis disorder but it's often not backed up by any evidence. So these are people that say, I haven't slept enough. I'm not getting enough sleep um, because, and because of a, a perception 
or an underestimation in sleep. Like I've had, you know, clients come to me and they'll say, oh, I just can't seem to, I just not seem to be getting enough sleep. And then I'll say to them, well, you know, tell me what that looks like. And they'll sort of say, oh, you know, about seven hours. And I'm like, man, if you're getting six hours, I know you might not feel like that's enough, but biologically you're doing okay. But they persistently present a fatigue because of a perception that they're not getting enough sleep rather than an actual evidence-based experience. So, you know, they're, they're people that are not, you know, um, someone that might say that they're not getting enough sleep might come up with three or four hours. You know, that's definitely undersleeping. But these people are more so related to the perception that they're not getting enough sleep. Um, and then finally... Um, this is this relates to some of the um, the overthinking. This is that I said at the start of the the um, the broadcast. Um, there's actually a sleep disorder classification for this, and let me get this right because it is a mouth, mouthful, guys. Psychophysiological insomnia. So this is the type of insomnia that is solely related to excessive worrying and racing thoughts. Okay, so it has its whole own category of insomnia. The the sense that you go to sleep and all of a sudden the brain fires up. And I've seen some really funny memes relating to this type of um, insomnia where um, I saw like a um, me during the day and it's thought, you know, relaxed and there's pictures of, you know, everybody just enjoying the day. And then me when I try to go to sleep and there's all of these bubbles of like, you know, bands playing and flashbacks of different types of thinking patterns. And, you know, so this is a type of insomnia um, that is, I suppose, phrased up as psychophysiological insomnia, because I suppose there is a cognitive process that is being triggered by the experience of you trying to go to sleep. And unfortunately, a lot of the time for these clients, they've developed a really unhealthy relationship with sleep. So automatically they go to get in bed, their head flares, up straight away because there's a reaction of oh you know here I go I'm not going to be able to go to sleep um, and typically with all forms of insomnia unfortunately even sleep disorders there is a develop of an a developing and an emerging unhelpful relationship that is developed with sleep that when we treat sleep disorder and I'm going to get into that next week um, or get, get you to understand things that you need to be aware of we actually target primarily some of those really unhealthy beliefs about sleep that have formed as a result of some of these types of disorder and in order to, to treat the sleep disturbance we actually have to treat the beliefs the unhelpful beliefs that have formed over time um, with somebody encountering consistent sleep disturbance. So there we go, guys. In summary, there are lots of things that can impact on uh, sleep disturbance. So we've got overthinking and worrying. We've got diet, um, whether that be food, alcohol, different types of ingredients in food, such as sodium or MSG. Um, we've got light, whether it's an overstimulation or changes to um, the, I suppose, um, um, our exposure to light um, and then we have a whole range of different sleep disorders various types of insomnia um, whether it be adjustment generic insomnia we've got uh, insomnia that's onset in infancy and goes right the way through to adulthood we have insomnia caused by mental health issues we have insomnia that is imagined <laughs> to a certain degree um, 
And then we have psychophysiological insomnia, which is that automatic sort of um, overthinking, overstimulation, cognitive overstimulation that occurs when trying to go to sleep. So there we go, guys. There's a summary of all the different types of um, sleep disturbances and challenges that we might encounter and why. And next week, I'm going to talk to you guys about some sleep strategies that if you have related to something that I've said to you tonight, you've thought, oh, bugger, I think that might be me. I'm going to get into the strategies next week of how to address some of these common sleep disturbances, some of these sleep disorders. If you're thinking, oh, I think this, this might be more than just a fleeting issue. I feel like it's more prolonged and um, more recurrent than that. Um, I'm going to go through some strategies next week on how to manage some of your sleep problems. So there we go, guys. There's Psych Chrissy for another week of Life Crusher Live. I hope that has been helpful and I hope you've got something out of tonight. But I will catch you all next week for part two where I share some of my most effective strategies for regulating your sleeping patterns. Thanks, guys. I'll see you all next week. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Well AF podcast. If you love listening to Psych Chrissy, please share and subscribe to my podcast or catch all the action on the Infinity Wellness page on Facebook at Infinity Wellness Centre.